We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land and waterways on which this business takes place and where this podcast is recorded, the Wurundjeri peoples of the Woiwurrung language group part of the Kulin Nations. We pay our respects to Wurundjeri elders past, present and emerging. We honour the deep spiritual, cultural and customary connections of the traditional custodians to the landscape and ecology of the land on which this studio is located. We acknowledge that this land was never ceded. If you're um, putting out an episode, of course you're... Of course you're back. Yeah. Um, yeah. How are you going, Taylan? I'm going great. I went away for a night on the weekend. Wow. Out into the bush. Where did you go? Went to Tanner's Road Bend, which is inland from Anglesey. Very nice. Actually, I haven't even spoken to you about this, so this is all pretty much news to me. I yeah. Mean, I knew you weren't home. Yes, obviously. How did Wombat go? Wombat Taylor's dog. How did she love it? Wombat is my Kelpie Cross Border Collie puppy who I adopted a couple of months ago. And my boyfriend and I took Wombat out to the bush. She was amazing. She was off leash the whole time. She loved it. She was just fully in her element. She was mildly protective of us and may have barked at some of the other campers (laughs) but she was you know she was just keeping an eye on us making sure we were okay yeah so how was it being at the beach again yeah it was well we actually weren't at the beach it was more kind of like bushy and a little bit like deserty like a lot of like desert grasses and stuff it was just so nice because there was nothing else around there and it was a very small like free camping spot so there was only like drop dunnies and fire pits and then just like a couple of people there great and we ended up moving the car for when we were sleeping so we weren't near anyone so it was completely quiet it was just really nice nice well if anyone wants to go on a camping trip what's the name of the place again tanner's road bend hit it's it. hit it up it's not deluxe by any means so you've got to bring all your gear including water and stuff but it's really nice especially even just for a night mm. Definitely. Yeah. And how about you, Lissy? What oh, well. did you do? Thank you for asking. You didn't need me to give you eyes so <laughs> that you would ask me the question. Yes, I'm good. I'm trying to think of what I've done recently. Oh, we saw our family. Yes, we saw our family. We all went down to our grandpa's house in Geelong and hung out there for the day. And our little nibbling was there as well. Nibbling is the non-gender specific term for niece or nephew and it's such a great name i know i i don't know why you wouldn't just use it anyway it's cute anyway that was really nice it's nice to see the fam it's been a long time since we've all got together Mm. yeah so that was really lovely yeah so i want to talk about recommendations recommendations for for the week oh for life oh actually yeah for the week, because yeah. other podcasts do it, and it's cool, and I listen to them. <laughs> I will preface now, though, that I'm always, like, five years behind on the balls. So, all of on the ball? Five years behind on the catch-up, whatever you would... Pop culture. No, I know, I know pop culture. I know that Kendall Jenner wore a spicy dress to her friend's wedding, and it was controversial. I'm talking about like TV shows and stuff like oh yeah I haven't seen Tiger King mm. or I feel like with music sometimes like five years later you're like this is great have you heard this yeah I'm still listening to Nickelback's <laughs> <laughs> she's not lying um no I don't listen to them but like I low-key think that their best song is still pretty good <laughs> and I like watching the video clip <laughs> Anyway, so my recommendations 
for this week. Uh, we just watched all of the Lord of the Rings movies again. Yes. I oh highly recommend it. And when you watch it, listen to the dialogue because it will make the movies make a lot more sense. I only just caught on to that recently and it made a world of difference. I was like, whoa, Gondor, I see you. Mordor, I see you. <laughs> And it was so funny though how much it like infiltrated my mind. Like we drove up to our dad's property at King Lake recently and as we like got to the top of the hill I could see across to Melbourne like the city landscape and I was like, Sarah. <laughs> I, was like I can't not like make it relevant to my life. Mm. Also, so you shouldn't watch things that aren't good because it just infiltrates your life, you know? Oh, you're saying like, like avoid so... watching oh avoid watching like horror or like mm. what's it called? Um, um scary. <laughs> scary. <laughs> yeah, well actually I watched Haunting of Hill House a few weeks ago because my housemate was really pressuring me to do it. <laughs> um and I ended up watching it and I had nightmares for like at least two weeks after when I would get up to the um when I would get up to go to the toilet in the middle of the night, I was like actively thinking in my head you can't see the bent neck lady you can't see the bent neck lady don't look at that turn all the lights on and in my head I'll just have to think like bread milk butter or just something to distract my little brain from thinking about the gruesome scary scenes that I'd watched in this show and that's why I don't tend to watch scary shows and horrors and thrillers and everything yes I did not join Lissy and our housemate in the haunting of hill house ventures i saw the first episode and i was like i can tell that this is very good quality the storyline is incredible like the the attention to detail that they put into this is amazing but i was like why would i do that to myself i mm. i don't want those feelings i'm actually glad i watched it because it was a very good <laughs> show and I got over the nightmares. Anyway, my other recommendations. So Insecure, it is on stand-up binge. Totally binge. I think it's on binge. Anyway, it's really great. It's an easy watch, interesting storylines, lots of not boring drama or like OTT drama, but it's just interesting and fun. And you see all the like friendship relationships and then romantic relationships and the characters are just all so likable, which makes the show really fun to watch. And I love the main character. She is awesome. And then my other recommendation, oh, this is my highbrow recommendation, is the book. Yeah, highbrow. So you've got highbrow, lowbrow. Yeah. yeah. Lowbrow would be us watching Love at First, no, not Love at First Sight, Um, Love is Blind last year. Anyway, my highbrow recommendation is a book that I'm reading for my book club, and it is by Amani Haider, and the book is called The Mother Wound. And I'm nearly finished. I'm going to like, maybe I'll go into a bit more detail of it next week when I've completely finished it. But it is so incredible. Amani is such a good writer. She's talking about her life and these awful events that have happened through it and her experiences. And it's just, oh, I can't put it down. Like, it's really hard to read certain bits, but it's just so well done and so interesting. And I'm just in awe of her and have become a real fan but like every day I'm like going back on her Instagram and I followed her for ages but now that I've read the book everything means so much more so Mm. I'm just like oh wow so interesting and going back through and like yeah I just love it so that's my big recommendation Mm -hmm. I've also got a few recommendations mine it's not a high brow recommendation but in a way it kind of is obviously read Taylor Swift's version and that's very highbrow. That's it's it's so good. Everything that she's doing, actually, if you want to know why she's doing this and kind of everything behind it, I would go onto Culture Vulture podcasts. They have an episode. Actually, it's a two-part episode about um, why Taylor Swift is re-recording her masters and everything that's involved in that, and also looking at they didn't really go fully into this, but not only what she's done, but kind of like what she's paving the way for mm. as far as like musicians, artists, lyricists and everything, and you know, what should be theirs and also the returns that they should get for their work mm. and their talents. Like yeah. I think it's really good that she has done this because she is someone who can afford to do it. Mm. So and it she means has a huge following. Yes, she has such a massive fan base. So 
yeah, she can afford to do this, she can do this, but then she also has the potential to influence like massive change within the music industry because she's, by even doing this, so many more people are thinking about music and where the money goes mm. and how it all works and how ownership of music works. Mm. So yes, highly recommend that. Also, my other recommendation is another podcast called Maintenance Phase. I have listened to every episode of this. I absolutely love it. So it's with Aubrey Gordon and Michael Hobbs. And they kind of talk about like debunking, um, like kind of like what we are maybe going to do a bit of, like health fads, wellness scams, and all of that kind of information, Um, which is obviously interesting to us because we are naturopaths, but also within, even within our studies, I remember there was, certain things that came up and I was like that just does not feel right Mm. that doesn't even feel like it should be part of like you know complementary and alternative health but like as many of us would be aware the word wellness gets thrown around a lot Mm. and the you know the levels of study qualifications everything varies massively from like a weekend course yes it's very hazy a five-year bachelor of health science or honors or phds everything like it there's so much within it but the episode in particular that i just listened to is called is being fat bad for you Mm. and honestly i feel like obviously as like a health practitioner it was so good as far as kind of highlighting some of the things that I had already questioned within our studies. Say, for example, measurements like the BMI and all that and being like, how does that actually relate to someone's health? Or does it even relate to someone's longevity? Like, it didn't seem... I don't know. Well, it's been um, mostly debunked. And I remember I know, our lecturers yeah. would tell us this. But then, it was but then like, we started to we... use it. Why are we still learning about it if, like, the theories don't really match up anymore and it's a very outdated way of measuring one's health? Because, I mean, you can't measure one's health from, you know, a waist measurement and your height and your weight, like... I know, yeah, and but it just kind of, yeah, like, this episode spoke about everything that I had questioned from kind of, like, a professional sense already... And throughout studies, I was like, it just doesn't sit right. I just don't think that that is overly relevant to someone's case. Or if someone comes in with like a condition and they are quote unquote overweight, again, I don't think the guidelines for weight and stuff are correct or necessarily Mm. relevant. But within that being like, I'm not going to then treat someone as if, that is like the most important thing that we should be looking at or if it even is something that should even be looked at. When someone comes in, we're definitely going to look at changes in weight, especially if it's like unexplained. And oftentimes that is more related to a loss of weight as opposed to gaining weight. But anyway, this episode just really goes into kind of how these things or how these determinants of health especially around weight came to be and kind of like highlighted that there is very little to no evidence that Mm. actually supports the correlation of weight and longevity or health and there was like they even spoke about the fact that um what could be considered overweight is actually likely quite beneficial for people because it's they mentioned like you know, it's energy on your body that is there for when you need it. And they were also mentioned about, like, say, if you're elderly as well, that it's, like, it's padding, it's going to help with, like, bone density. Mm. Anyway, I just highly recommend this entire podcast. I think this one, this episode in particular, is relevant to everyone to a degree. I think, obviously, I was looking at more of a professional sense, but then any individual this is going to be incredibly I think incredibly eye-opening for yourself but then also say if you were someone who judges people on weight which we yeah have definitely all done at some point in our life yeah and you make assumptions about a person and just to realize oh my gosh that's so false it was like this narrative that was created that wasn't backed up by anything but people were loud enough about it that it 
became a truth. Mm. And people sit up on their high horse and they're like, oh, well, I'm skinny mm. and you're fat and you have a health condition, so it's your fault. Oh. And it's because of that. It's, yeah, it's, it's gross. Yeah, I really recommend, I think, what was the name of that episode that they did about obesity, was it? I think that one was the obesity epidemic. Hold on. Yeah, the obesity yeah. epidemic. Yeah, that one. Yeah, after listening to that, I was just like, whoa. Every single person in the entire world needs to listen to that because mm. there's so many biases against people who are fat. Yeah, well, that was something that they spoke about as well. It's like they were looking at mortality rates for people who were quote-unquote underweight and saying that when you tell someone that someone died from and they were underweight, that people look for other reasons that are not related mm. to weight to figure out what it was, mm. whereas when they would mention people who were quote-unquote overweight who died, it was automatically, oh, it's their weight, rather yeah. than being like, oh, actually, there are a myriad of factors mm. that affect people's health. There are predispositions. There are, like, just... There are just so many things. Mm. But, yeah, if someone was... Um, yeah, the assumptions and the conclusions that people came to were, like, vastly different when it came to overweight and underweight. Yeah. And, again, when I use these terms, I just want you to know as the listener that I don't. I'm, I'm using them in air quotes, basically, mm. because, again, weight is so subjective. Yeah. The number on the scale means many different things for many different people. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So yeah, that is a... Well, that's a great recommendation, Taylor. Thank yes. you for sharing that with us. You're welcome. I'm very passionate about this. Yeah, well, yeah. And I mean, that's why people love making them space so much. Anyone who's listened to them, I feel like once you listen to a few episodes, you will get hooked. It's just so well done. The people who host it are incredible and brilliant and funny mm. and so likeable. Well, fabulous. <laughs> So today we're going to be talking about post-lockdown exhaustion and the effects of the long-term stress that we've all been under over the last two years and and how that is translating to our current life and affecting us today. Yeah, exactly. So let's firstly talk about some of the like physical manifestations of stress and things that you might not always be able to relate to. Oh, it's because I'm really stressed, but the things that are happening physically... So things like anxiety, you might have um, increased gut issues, shortness of breath, inflammatory conditions, slow healing process, things like that, that uh, kind of point us to, yeah, that the stress is elevating all of those things or contributing to that or causing that. And also things like, you know, palpitations or even if you're noticing that your ability to cope with stress mm. or to not become overwhelmed has changed. And you're wondering why, okay, once upon a time, maybe I had this many tasks to complete in a week, but now I'm getting halfway through and I'm becoming incredibly overwhelmed by it and am not able to continue functioning in the way that I once was, say, like even two years ago. Mm. And I think, yeah, we just need to remember what we've all been through and not be too judgmental on yourself or beat yourself up because, mm. yeah, say we've been in this crazy state of stress even if it wasn't at the forefront of our mind it's still sitting in our body somewhere for mm -hmm. two years like we're not going to snap out of that as soon as lockdown ends and we can start life again like we need a few months to heal and to build up those stores again and just to deal with the emotional trauma and stresses mm -hmm. that we've just dealt with and it's because we're so adaptive that I think we kind of forget that and we don't give ourselves then the space to be like, whoa, that was really wild and I need to sit with this and I need to kind of work through this. Yeah, and even thinking about, say when you're in like a stressful situation or like, you know, weeks or months in your life, in that period, you are doing your everyday thing to try and get through it. Mm. You can, I think it's very difficult to ever process something whilst you are still in it. 100%. And we are only just yeah. getting out of this very, very long-term and extended, highly stressed situation and experience. 
So the processing is only just beginning. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, there's still things thrown at us mm. every other week and like the protests going on and that's stressing people out. And The protests that Liz is talking about are like the anti-lockdown kind of anti-vax as well. Yeah, because it's about um, like mandatory vaccines. Mm. So yeah. I mean, to the people who have been vaccinated and are comfortable with that, it's quite stressful seeing that all still going on. And, and also just because they are quite dangerous and violent and there's those awful things with, you know, chanting awful things about Dan Andrews. Like, there's so much hatred fueled behind it and it's really awful to see. And it Yeah, something that I saw was, like, yeah, like a, a mock lynching of yeah. Dan Andrews, which... It's incredibly disrespectful it's disgusting. as well. Like, even to... I don't know, places in the world where that is still relevant and maybe you've fled from that country to come here and then you're seeing... Yeah, seeing that is essentially like a joke. Yeah. Anyway, we're not going to talk about this again. We talked about it all yeah, last true. episode. But it's still, like, it is still going to be ongoing, even if for the most part we're kind of out of the woods a little bit. Well, it's like, yeah, I think it's the... Um, that kind of is like a frustration, which doesn't help with, like, the kind of... The processing and the healing and the moving on because you're still seeing people yeah. uh, doing things which are potentially going to cause ill harm to other people. Definitely. And still going out into the community and feeling safe. And obviously there are so many of us, well, 90% of us who are going to feel a lot safer going out as those vaccine rates uh, increase, mm. especially those with young children or babies and those with elderly parents grandparents whatever it be or those who are immune compromised or just your everyday person who can get coronavirus yeah because we're still in the stage where again like as far as the processing it all goes it's not quite there in a way because we are still in the stage where we may end up needing to isolate for a week or mm. whatnot depending on close contacts and current um, Delta variant, like COVID cases and everything. So that element is still there. Yeah, definitely. So some of the things that may have been happening or you may be experiencing, experiencing is dominance of your sympathetic nervous system. So this looks like increased anxiety, fight or flight kind of mentality and like long-term fight or flight mentality. Sweaty hands, rapid heart rate, reduced um, ability to digest and everything. Just because when we're in that state of fight or flight, we're not worrying about our digestion or other body symptoms. We're, you know, highly adrenalized, high cortisol. We're just like ready to run and self-preserve. Mm. And also within that, like it's the fight, flight or freeze. Mm. And even you may be finding that you have days where... It's kind of, yeah, you're a lack, you're in freeze mode where you just don't feel capable of doing anything mm. as well. Yeah. And again, these kind of things that we're experiencing are going to take time and you're going to have to actually identify where you're sitting in terms of that. Like, how is your nervous system? How is your adrenal system? Do you feel completely depleted? Do you just feel really drained? And then... So identify it and then see how you can move forward and the things that you can do. And we're going to kind of talk about a few things that you can do today to help that. But definitely the identifying where you're at is a good place to start. Mm. And being yeah patient and understanding with yourself and also recognising that what you're experiencing, like it makes sense. Mm. It's totally like don't kind of encouraging people to not feel like there's something wrong with them because their everyday life at this point is exhausting them to a degree that they haven't felt before. Yeah. It's a very collective feeling mm. at this time. Definitely. So I think as we always go on about going back to basics is a good place to start. So just strip it all back. There's things that you can do at home and you can start today that will help just settle everything down, support the adrenal system, regulate hormone production, all of those basics. So things like eating protein with every meal is a huge one. Yeah, so, and including plant-based proteins within that. Yeah, so that's going to help with that hormone production. It's going to help with balancing your blood sugar levels, which is especially important if you are prone to anxiety or feeling that shortness of breath or anything that's kind of low blood pressure, low blood sugar, 
symptoms. Yeah. And we always recommend to pretty much every one of our clients to have their source of protein with every single meal. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And if you are someone who needs some snacks in between, make sure they're a really good source of protein as well. So that would be things like nuts or a bliss ball, even a protein smoothie that you can have a little protein shake. Yeah. And then, yeah, as Taylor said, those plant-based sources of protein throughout the day, whether that be tofu or tempeh, beans, legumes, lentils. Nuts, seeds. Even, um, I mean, I know that eggs aren't plant-based, but eggs for breakfast or hard-boiled eggs to take with you as an easy, quick snack. Yeah, and when I say plant-based, I just mean as in, like, keep a variety of protein. Mm. Don't rely on one source, say, like... I think it's quite frequently people rely on, say, chicken. Yeah, definitely. Well, even with us, like, we're both vegan, but we don't have tofu or tempeh every night. We have, you know, Mexican beans, and then we might have a dal, which has lentils, or then tofu the next night. It's always about nuts changing in, it up. Yeah, nuts in our smoothie, nuts as, like, snacks. And, yeah, looking for the, um, the variety that you can get, and that is accessible to you. And then, obviously... Try and get as much sleep as you can. Have it like at least, I mean, the recommendation is six to eight hours. I'm like, have please have at eight. least eight hours. Like, that's just so important that it's important again for that hormonal production and it's the time where your body can. Well, a lot of even thinking of like liver health and liver function, most of your um, detoxification pathways via the liver they work during yeah. your sleep. Yeah, definitely. So have that sleep, have that good rest so your body can do what it needs to do during the off time so that it's prepared for when you wake up and you need to get through that long day. And as we just spoke about, it's like we've been burning the candle at both ends for almost two years now. So maybe that six hours that you got previously is potentially just not quite enough. Mm. It's like you're still catching up. So really... Yeah, we're definitely like pro sleep. Eight to ten hours sleep. Yeah. And everyone's different, but prioritize sleep. Definitely. And have a good night routine. Like mm. try to go to bed at the same time each night. Have a good routine before that. Turn off your phone, turn off your laptop. Put on some lamps rather than bright lights. Yeah. And obviously eat an abundance of fruits and vegetables and whole foods and foods that will provide really good nutrition and sustained long energy rather than you know, a quick fix of a mm. sugary bar. Which can yeah feel good in the moment and then you're like, oh crap, I'm crashing. Yeah, you don't want that crash. And then drink lots of water, obviously. Look after yourself if you're sick. Take that time off. Give your time a few days after you feel better just to keep chilling and relaxing because that stage of convalescence is so important. Mm, and ask for help from people. Like if you're feeling really run down and especially if you're sick and potentially you live alone or you even live with people to say I would really appreciate a little bit of help whether that's someone making you some soup or Mm. just like you know for us we've got dogs someone who walks your dog for you yeah like yeah ask ask your people around you even when I had my surgery like you were fine to make food but I still had friends drop off dinners and mm. other things and support in other ways which was so helpful and yeah and that was really helpful for me as the person caring for you at the time because I was spending like three hours a day just walking dogs Mm. cleaning the house keeping them entertained yeah so it was very helpful even as the the carer for you at that time to have people bringing over food yeah 100% so yeah those are some basic ways just to get back into a good healthy rhythm and then from there obviously booked in to see your GP if you want to get a referral to a psychologist, book in to see your naturopath, talk to friends, but obviously don't rely on friends as your psychologist because Mm. they've also been through two years and they might not be in the headspace to be able to hear all of your stresses because we've all got our own things going on. So it can be difficult to hold space for everyone when Mm. you just don't have the capacity at that time. Or it kind of is the thing of like your friend can listen but maybe beyond that, that's when you kind of seek that additional support. Yeah, 100%. And another big thing would be to take time for yourself. We're going to talk a little bit later about people getting that feeling of FOMO, fear of missing out, now that the world is back open and they're mm. filling up their calendars and that is a stress in them in itself and that's 
overwhelming. So we're going to talk about how to navigate that as well and how to say no to things in a way that you're comfortable and you don't feel like you're letting people down. Yeah, and I think this is particularly relevant as well leading into like Christmas and holiday season because that already, as enjoyable as this time is, it can also bring up a lot of crappy feelings for people. Like I know that for us as well, we've had that at stages in our life where Christmas was actually like a little bit of a dread. Mm. Um, your calendar yet yeah, fills up with, you know, different dinners and maybe family obligations or navigating, avoiding family obligations. Yeah. So that in itself can pose as very stressful for people in addition to what we've already spoken about. Yeah, Definitely. Just back on to burnout and stress, I read this really great article from the BBC that was all about stress and burnout being more common in women than men as a whole. And this is especially for people who have a family or children just because it is expected that women will take on that mental load, emotional load and pick up all the pieces of you know figuring out homeschooling figuring out where their children need to be and when and how to keep them safe etc and I just thought that this was a really good and relevant article especially for a lot of the people who are listening who this is relevant to and this is obviously an article that is very much looking at like a cis hetero normative relationship yeah but I think it is still relevant and potentially also very relevant to not just women, but non-binary folk. Trans people. Trans people. Yeah. I think, yes, it touches on the family side, but it's also talking about how women have lower wages than men and the pay gap and the, um, the stress of that and even how like the stress of women feeling not as comfortable in the workspace because they get overlooked for promotions and pay rises because of their gender and the impact of that is huge like both financially mentally and emotionally like imagine mm. going into work every day and still feeling lesser than your male counterpart yeah well because as you kind of just touched on and I know that the article speaks about like money equates to value mm. in the capitalist society that we exist in. So if you are getting paid less, everyone, yourself included, is likely to devalue then your time and your work in comparison to someone who's getting like, you know, twice as much money a year or even like 10 grand more than what mm. you get over a year. Yeah. But that doesn't, that value of money actually hasn't equated to like the time, the effort, the mental capacity or... And even your qualifications. Yeah. Like they could have the exact same qualifications and been, have gone to uni for the exact same amount of time, yet still that the man is earning a substantial amount more. Yeah, but that's what I mean as in like that they're doing the same work, but because someone has devalued... Yeah. Well, just devalued women. Yeah, devalued oh. women. It's like then you can – it's not even just – it's like yeah, everyone around you is also just like that's in there, in their subconscious. They don't even know it, but then there is that expectation that in home life, well, because you get paid less, yes, well, it's their they need jobs, to do more at home. Their jobs are seen as less valuable to the family because of that uh, reduced wage or just a le less wage. Which means that they, yeah, they should be taking on more of the household responsibilities, the childcare, and give up their career before their male partner. If we are talking about a heteronormative couple. And yeah, so this analysis found that mothers in paid employment are 23% more likely to experience burnout than fathers in paid employment due to the unequal demands of home and housework that they have to do. Yeah, which is wild. And... I mean, it's no wonder that women, well, from what this article has shown and kind of what I know just from life, that women are more burnt out and stressed than men mm. to do with that. But also, as I touched on before, just feeling less than men just because of yeah this society that we live in. Because it's kind of like men walk into a building, walk anywhere, and they believe it is their inherent right and they deserve everything 
and and that they deserve to be here because they're just incredible and the world has told them that put them up on this pedestal Mm, which it's funny because it's like yes you do deserve to be here and that is true and that is a feeling that we should all hold but the thing is it's not a feeling that we all hold because many other people you know as we mentioned women non-binary folk trans people don't feel that they can take that up that space yes exactly yeah and they don't want to take up space and they don't want to seem like they are overstepping anyone they don't want to seem too loud they don't want to i think it's because it can feel kind of dangerous like it's i think it's like a self-preservation thing it's not that they don't want to but you feel like you are potentially putting yourself in danger if you do toke up space and that danger could just be like it could be someone just making a comment. It mm. could even just be someone looking at you in a funny way, yeah. but they're looking at you in a way that makes you not feel welcome. Mm. Well, I think that society views it very different. Or say if you're in this big job and a CEO, fancy whatever, that if there's a woman who's really outspoken and stands up for herself, it's kind of like, whoa, whoa, who do you think you are? Settle down, you emotional woman. Yeah, and it looks then like you you're loud be, and angry. You might be worried about keeping quiet to keep the peace and keep your job whereas you have a man who's very outspoken very loud and it's like whoa he's a real go-getter he's yeah we want him on the team he gets shit done and he asks for what he wants and we value that but no no you have to be a man a cis usually white man for us to accept that and celebrate that i feel like i've always been someone who's quite outspoken and will add my two cents into a situation, especially if I think that there is something wrong. Mm. And the amount I've been looked at like, ugh, tailing again, mm. being loud or emotional or like taking it too seriously. I And do you think that, that that has come from both women with that internalised misogyny or have you seen that more come from men that you've in these experiences i feel like it has more come from men as in like rolling their eyes at me like oh you yeah you're taking it too seriously again after they've said some like super misogynistic mm. or racist or just like transphobic thing and i know that i get quite um i can get quite fired up yes yes you can but then i'm like but why shouldn't i when you get no, fired up you're told that oh wow they've got a great opinion like they know mm. You, you know, they're trying to start a conversation, all that kind of stuff. And I feel like it's more, say, my experience, it hasn't been women. It doesn't seem like they think I'm taking up space, but it's like they look a little bit uncomfortable mm. and maybe don't feel comfortable to even back me up because potentially they're going to receive some type of, you know, verbal abuse from the men in the room or something. Yeah, so it's completely understandable when women are quiet. Yeah. And, yeah, I also want to preface, like, not just, like, making it very, like, men and women, but also this is, yeah, very relevant to non-binary trans folk. Yeah. Yes. um, Yeah, I suppose a lot of it has just come from this particular article. Yeah. This article was just speaking about men and women in particular, but, of course, when we're speaking about it, we are very aware that it is more than just men and women. It's men, women, non-binary people, trans people, everybody. Yeah. We've gone a little, I mean, not off topic. When is discussion around gender never a topic? Off topic. It's very no. relevant. <laughs> it's not off topic. That's yeah, it's saying. not off topic. <laughs> so, yeah, mm. that's interesting. It was interesting reading this article, especially when it was talking about families and parents, and you know, one day I might be a mother. Yada, yada, yada. Anyway, it was just making me so glad that I'm not in a relationship at the moment or I haven't been in a relationship for the last 10 years when my views on all of this hadn't really fully formed yet because whatever relationship I go into there's going to be a whole you know you're going to be so much more aware of these things and ask these questions of yeah your partner and you're also not going to take any shit or these biases or the or responsibilities that I should take on just because I'm a woman yeah well I feel like it's just even so important of like we just as we are continually learning you can't expect everyone to have thought about every single topic that you've touched on but learning this and becoming aware of this means that say if you are going to be in a heterosexual relationship that with your partner 
you can be like, hey, these are issues that are very prevalent in society. What do you think about it? How do you view parenting? Mm. How do you view, like, evening the care and duties and everything? And maybe at first they're like, I haven't spoken about this. But you've brought it into the relationship and into the conversation, which enables it to evolve. And it's probably, if you were going to become parents together, incredibly important to touch on before that happens. Mm. But even just in a relationship, like, yeah. if you're just living with them, I don't want to be cleaning up after a man. I don't want to take on that yes. mental load of thinking about the bills that need to be paid and what, and putting the dishwasher on and washing the towels yeah. and doing all of those The responsibilities, yeah. yes. The expectation that, yeah, well, I guess it's kind of like reminds the person, well, you do realise if you don't do that and it does get done, that's because someone else did it for you. Mm. And, like, if you don't have to worry about bills or whatever – that's because you're putting that on someone else, mm. which, yeah, I just think it's, yeah, as you said, it's so, it's so useful and helpful to just the awareness that you have to then any like relationship that you have, well, it's, yeah, it's friendships, friendships, with family, around. with housemates that, where you develop boundaries and you set your boundaries and you're really clear in that. Yeah. Which is kind of what we're going to talk about next, which is a nice little segue. Yeah. Um, so, segue, talking about FOMO, so someone, we put up a little question box on our Instagram, putting out the feelers of what people wanted us to talk about, and someone answered saying that they've been getting a lot of FOMO and feel like they should be doing something every night, a social activity every night, because we have the capacity to, and because we're young, or you're young, and you just feel like you're not doing the right thing if you're not engaging in that, like crazy social yeah well it's like you feel like you're not doing young Mm. the way you should be doing it Mm. I think that a good way to get around this and kind of move on from that FOMO type mentality and putting all that pressure on yourself is to create boundaries for yourself and that might be that you organize your week in advance and you set a limit on when you can see friends and for how long. So you might have a lot of work on, so you're saying, I can't see people through the week, like Monday to Friday, because I have heaps of work. On the weekend, I want at least one day to chill, so there might be two nights of the week that you can do something socially or you can do something in the morning, whatever it may be. You could even ask your friends to see them during the day or do something a little less low-key that's not going to throw out your day if you've had a really late one. So you might do a brunch or you might go for a walk or go op shopping, something that's just a little bit more low-key and doesn't require as much energy. Mm, and you can prioritising seeing a friend but maybe being like, I only have an hour today. Is that okay with you? And you still get a great catch-up but it's mm. not this like long, drawn-out thing which means then you have to put other things off or say, as you said, doing things during the day to make sure you're able to prioritise sleep, especially if you have a lot on, whether that's work or assignments or you're preparing for something. Yeah. So just set those boundaries and make sure that you're communicating with everyone because it will make your life a lot easier. And it can take a bit of practising and getting used to speaking in that way and being quite clear with everything. But I think once you get the hang of it and once your friends then expect that of you, it becomes a lot easier Mm. to navigate. Yeah, and to, like, every single person is going to be different with what is achievable for them. Someone may find that for going out four nights a week really, like, fills up their cup. And then another person, that is going to leave them incredibly drained. So just know what your kind of capabilities are and what makes you feel, you know, like when you're socialising, you want to feel kind of rejuvenated Mm. and just like excited and like obviously still have you sleep, but like, you know, that kind of feeling where you feel like lifted up Mm. by the people that you're around. So make sure you're creating that in a way that works for you. Yeah, definitely. And there's a big glamorization of going out all the time and being busy all the time like we all know that that mm. yeah that you're you're put up on a pedestal if you're like busy all the time or you're always stressed or you're always on the go and you've always got so much on your plate because I'm just whatever <laughs> I'm just doing life I'm just doing life but that's not necessarily healthy yeah and you that... will get burnt out so let's not glamorize that let's glamorize balance yeah and doing what works for you and listening to your body 
And that makes me think of some of the, like the articles I've read about even that comparing kind of say back in the day when there was one person who worked like say in a relationship and the other person was like a homemaker and stuff. So there was you were, one person was working full time, the other person was then preparing meals, cleaning the house, taking care of chores or different like admin things. And then obviously that's changed and I think it's a good change because often it was women who were subject to being homemakers, which is not for everyone, also great for other people. But then now it's like you're expected to work full time, keep your house clean and tidy, socialize with friends and not just one friend, like a multitude of friends, go out to cultural events Make sure you have enough food each week. So that includes going out shopping and then also preparing all your meals. Like it's like there's the the 40 hour work week has mm. actually become 80 hours, but you're mm. still expected to be able to achieve all of it. Mm. And when you can't, people are like, well, what are you doing? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've had this conversation with a few friends and I know that my friends who are women find it a lot harder to say no to things because inherently we want to be people pleasers and we don't want to let people down or offend anyone um, and especially the people that you love and you do want to spend time with but you just might not be able to and I know that this is really relevant for people who have a chronic health condition or have a type of health condition that if they're burnt out or if they're stressed or if they're tired from too many late nights it's just really going to impact their following week in such a mm. negative way. You know, people with, even with like autoimmune conditions, for example, like they will get burnt out, they need that rest, they can't be on all the time because it's just, yeah, it's going to be so severely detrimental to their health. And people mm. with migraines, for example, who get migraines, just the, the impact of one late night on the next day like they might just be feeling really unwell or tired or sick or they're out for the day because of a migraine mm. and then if you're like if you're impacted by this migraine for example for three days that puts everything else on hold and it means that the following days after those three days when you're able to do work again you've got to fit six days into three days yeah and then that of course once you've done that you're going to be exhausted from that again it's just like this vicious cycle yeah so we do need to learn to say no but, but also we need to not expect too much of other people and not be personally offended if someone says no because I mean they're doing it for their health's sake and that's so important yeah and even just not as far as like say a chronic condition or autoimmune condition personally I know that I need a certain amount of sleep to do my job properly to feel like good in myself to feel motivated and energized and restricting that sleep impacts me in a way that maybe it wouldn't impact other people but it's so like it just like throws me off and I don't I don't enjoy feeling that way and I also shouldn't have to feel like I should feel that way yeah so like yeah for I'm kind of pointing that to be like you know it could be as simple as like say you function really well on nine hours sleep and that's completely okay I feel like I for me that is such a fundamental aspect of how capable I am throughout the day whether it's your job your mood just how you're yeah your energy levels yeah everything yeah it just comes back to being self-aware and treating others with respect and compassion and we need to remember to understand other people's boundaries and set our own boundaries yeah. and really respect that and it kind of makes me think of this analogy which i've actually told you before oh yes yes which came up in a conversation with my partner about introverts and extroverts or whether you're like an introverted extrovert vice versa and stuff like that and it uses this analogy of kind of like at the start of each day, you've got like these little tokens and maybe you've got five tokens and through different, say, interactions or work, you're giving away those tokens. And those tokens are kind of like your energy. Say if you're in a, you know, customer facing job throughout a work day, you might be giving away three of those tokens mm. and then you get home and you're making a meal for a partner or a friend and that's like another token kind of thing 
and to be like there's only so much energy that you have to put out and make sure that you are aware of that and that you're also engaging in whether it's activities such as a walk or say going to the gym or taking like a class or something or it's like a social thing where you might kind of receive a token back Mm. like it gives back to yourself Mm. and to your energy say with you know like you have you know friends or family and stuff and you might see one family member and you feel so filled up again yeah and then you might see another family member that you love just as much or a friend but maybe you have to give a little more in that interaction kind of thing so being aware of that and like thinking about that you kind of like start each day with these little tokens and say if you are giving away all your tokens for three days in a row maybe Mm. you're over giving Mm. hold on to those tokens yeah or like know how many you have to give and how many you need to receive that would be such a fun thing to do because i love planning my week and setting a little to-do list if i like wrote down my tokens and then i like cross them off like dun dun no more tokens (laughs) yeah exactly gather them up count them at the end of the week and i think it also kind of positive tokens not negative tokens by sunday evening yeah exactly it kind of brings that thing of there can be the accumulation of Mm. giving too much which can wipe you out for a week yeah so like being aware of that yeah totally it's a great point yeah (laughs) i love thinking about that everyone start counting your tokens yeah make sure you have lots of them and engaging in things that like give back to yourself Mm. Mm -hmm. and sometimes Mm -hmm. like giving Mm -hmm. back to yourself is giving to someone else but you've got to find the balance within it yes yeah take time for yourself as well yeah do things for yourself fill your cup fill your cup fill your love cup that's what i said to jules to jules yeah yeah we're jules that's lovely and oh something else that we wanted to touch on was someone was asking about dizziness due to anxiety and that can definitely occur and i'm sorry that that's happening for you and i hope that you're seeking support for that i did just want to touch on that It's kind of what I spoke about last week, how I had symptoms that I was relating to a condition that wasn't actually... It fit it, but it wasn't correct. Yeah, it fit it, but it wasn't correct. And that's what I'm just kind of thinking with this dizziness due to anxiety, which can definitely occur, but I also would advise you to think of other reasons why you may be dizzy and um, not just write it off as an anxiety thing. So as a naturopath, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking... Are you, one, getting enough protein? We spoke about protein before and how important that is for your blood sugar levels and for your blood pressure and just to keep you really energised and full and sustained. And I am also thinking iron, just if you are a menstruating person and you're getting dizzy, I would really encourage you to go get your iron levels checked just to make sure there isn't a deficiency or an anemia because then that would also need to be addressed. Yeah. But in regards to anxiety, I mean, kind of all of the things that we've already spoken about that will help that it's not necessarily going to fix it. But it a lot of what we do is taking away the triggers that will make something worse. Mm. So, for example, kind of like with anxiety and I know for people who feel, say, like anxious or stressed or even when you're concentrating, you often... Um, stop breathing as consistently or you're just like taking very small inhales Mm. or even like you do sometimes hold your breath Mm. so take a moment if you're starting to feel dizzy it's just one very small thing but take note of your breathing patterns and if it's changed and if you're like holding on to your breath which often you will notice if you're kind of like your shoulders are tensed as well that would be the time to put on a little meditation take five minutes out of your day sit down, do the body scan, mm. be aware of, yeah, those tense muscles, let them relax. And then, yeah, do the box breathing where you breathe in for four counts, hold for four, release for four, and then you repeat that and repeat that for a good few minutes. And, yeah, fill the diaphragm and just focus on that breath and coming into your body again mm. because it can be so overwhelming. And I think if you are someone who has a bit of a racy brain or constantly thinking and meditating doesn't work as well, Maybe just put on like a really relaxing song and mm. focus on that. Or when you're doing the breath work, count one, two, three, four, hold for four, release four, or just like 
think in your head what you're doing in your body just to focus on that and bring the two together yeah what you're saying just then like I'm imagining say someone if you're sitting on like a train and you're starting to feel anxious even that breath and the counting involved within within it can be so beneficial simply because you're shifting Mm. your focus at that time and I know that that is not always going to work for people but I think it's a good thing to practice and can be it's like a very accessible tool at all times so you can do it at any time and even if it's like a minute of doing that may be enough to even allow you to like get into a different space or move yeah, shift that energy yeah but yeah. I no I mean even also like physically as well mm. like if you can do that for five minutes and then say you're on a train and you're feeling claustrophobic focus on that for five minutes and then you can get off at your stop and that may even be enough to that may even be enough of a tool to help you through that moment definitely so breathing deep breathing exercises you can do anytime anywhere and it only takes a few minutes. So even if at your work, you can just be like, I need to pop out the back for a few minutes. Mm. My other recommendation, make yourself a really good trail mix at <laughs> home and always, always, always have a little Ziploc bag or a container of it with you for times like this and just get some protein in, have a few nuts or a little bit of dried fruit or even a piece of dark chocolate just to get that blood sugar back up. Mm. It's just like, it's a nice little safety net. Yeah, yeah. Even if I'm driving around in my car, like I need to keep snacks in my car because there's nothing like driving and you've still got an hour to go and your blood sugar level is dropping and you're feeling a little faint or Mm. like funny in the head. Just don't put yourself in that position. Always make sure that you are fueled up and... Also, as like, even just like, say again in that moment, if you've got like a handful of nuts and like whether that's related to blood sugar or something that is exacerbating like the dizziness in addition to the anxiety it's like just focus on chewing Mm. what's in your mouth just like again kind of it's like centralizing that focus and then taking it away Mm. from the other things but then as we said like if your blood sugar is dropping a little handful of nuts is also going to be great to kind of help that as well and water always have your water bottle with you yeah if you are experiencing dizziness alongside anxiety, never push yourself. Mm. Just like stop no matter where you are. Even if you just sit on a seat and put your head in your hands. Yeah, or in between your knees. This is like a time, don't push through it. Mm, definitely. And back to setting those boundaries. If you had plans to catch up with friends in a few hours... You just message them and say, hey, I'm not feeling great. I really need to just rest and take some time to myself because, yeah, I'm feeling a little out of my body. I'm not feeling great and I just need the night to recuperate so that tomorrow is a good day for me. Yes. Yeah, and even just like taking that stress away from even being like, oh, I feel like this now, but then later I'm going to have to do this thing, so I'm going to have to make sure I'm okay. And even just like removing that thing... Mm you may feel so much better and that makes it worth it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So those are a few little things that you can do and look out for. Obviously, there are many other things, but it's a nice little starting point. And yeah, takeaway from today, watch Lord of the Rings. (laughs) (laughs) Listen Listen to to your body. I was going to say listen to Red Taylor Swift's version. Listen, listen to your body whilst listening to Red Taylor Swift's version. Uh-huh. Swift. And... Get on maintenance phase. Get on maintenance phase. Set boundaries for yourself. Go back to basics. Do all those groundwork and just, you know, the foundations of health. Make sure you're engaging in that every single day. Be respectful of your friends. Be respectful of yourself. Make sure you've got enough tokens. Got enough tokens. Take time to rest. And... Live, laugh, love. <laughs> Gross. Um, also, I wanted to say that if anything that we have spoken about today has like sparked a thought in you that you would like to share with us, whether it's something you would like for us to go into further detail on or even look into or just something that you think is potentially relevant to other people that people may relate to, please let us know. Always like send us a little message. We'll always reply. Mm. Mostly on Instagram, I'd say that's the best way, which is sisterly underscore naturopathy studio. Yeah. Let us know if there are specific topics that you 
are interested in and would like to hear about or points that could be further discussed. Yeah, because we can talk about it at the start of our next episode and we love answering people's questions and delving into that a little bit more. Mm, yeah. Really fun. And usually when one person asks something, a whole lot of other people have also had that thought mm. and are curious as well. Definitely. All right, that's it for today. Uh, just a little side note. All consultations are 20% off at the moment, so... If you book in before the 20... Oh, in exactly one month. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, if you book in before the 22nd of December, you will receive 20% off your consultation, and that is for all consultations. Yep. All new and existing clients. Great. Great. Have a lovely week, everyone. Ciao. Bye.